So our scripture reading for this week is from reading from the Gospel of Matthew, from chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. Hold on. What happened? <laughs> All right. They're messing with me over there. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. In this Lenten season, we are exploring ways that we can, we can begin to be a little more the people that God calls us to be to grow in faith and, and spirit and be a little more like, like Jesus. We can tend to talk about, about spiritual growth as, as Christians, often as if it is something um, overly mysterious, something in the air, picturing it alongside all that, that that word spirit conjures up for us. However, there are for us tangible practical ways that we can begin to grow a little deeper. And the real truth, real truth is that I think it is, it is far less mysterious than we might like to think it is. If we want to consider what spiritual growth really looks like, really we, we, we have the perfect picture of it given for us in Jesus Christ. There is no more spiritually mature figure in history than Jesus. What Jesus did, what Jesus said was a, was a reflection of, of a deep spiritual maturity, a deep unity with, with God the Father. Truly, spiritual growth is, is really synonymous, synonymous with following Jesus. It is terribly challenging, but a, but a little less mysterious than we might have thought. Discipleship of, of Jesus is, is what spiritual growth looks like, doing what he does, uh, living as he does. Of all the things Jesus does in his ministry, I think our story for today reminds us one of, of one of the most often forgotten and, and neglected uh, habits revealed in the ministry of, of Jesus. In the scripture, Jesus passes along this, this known sinner, passes along the sinner and tax collector Matthew and Jesus he, he calls him he calls him of all people to come and follow him come and, and join him and then Jesus is, is then found he's found sitting and, and eating with him and these and these other sinners and, and, and tax collectors sitting down and and and, and eating with with known sinners there's something uh, there's nothing that quite um, gets under the skin of the Jewish uh, religious leaders than, than, than this holy man sitting down 
and eating with, with sinners. Who the Jewish people chose to sit down and, and eat with, was, it was a serious matter. It was serious. And, and so the Pharisees are, are quick to bring their questions, to bring their criticism to Jesus. Why does he eat with sinners and, and tax collectors, they say? And Jesus responds to their criticism. He, he says, it is, it is the sick, not the well, who need a physician. I came to call not the righteous, but, but sinners. I, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, he says. There's a, a story about how during Napoleon's wars, a young French soldier uh, fell asleep while on guard duty. He was court-martialed and he was found guilty and, and sentenced to death. And his widowed mother uh, appealed her son's case to every level of of command and in her persistence she, she managed to get to meet uh, with, with the emperor himself and falling at his feet uh, the woman begged him begged him to spare her son's life explaining he, he was her only child only means of, of support and she said I do not ask for justice she said I, I plead for mercy and Napoleon responded he said madam your son does not deserve mercy he deserves his punishment, he said. And the mother immediately replied, You are right. You're right, sir, of course. That is why I am asking you for mercy. If he were deserving, it would not be mercy. And so the emperor, so moved by the logic of her words, he, he pardoned the soldier. And Matthew, the tax collector, was a known sinner. And tax collectors were, were social outcasts among Jews. They themselves were, were Jews, but were seen as collaborators with the Roman government. They, they, they not only collected taxes for Rome, but made their profit collecting more money than they had to, to make more money for themselves. They were slimy, despised, shunned by other Jews, most other Jews. And so it seems almost rightly the Pharisees are, are offended by, by Jesus' acceptance of these tax collectors. When the Bible says that Jesus sat and ate and drank with sinners and tax collectors, it is, it is real sinners that Jesus sits and eats with. Not, not just hypothetical sinners, not just misunderstood but really nice guys real sinners it's real sinners Jesus came for if we deserved it, it, it then it wouldn't be mercy and it is mercy not sacrifice it's mercy not sacrifice not religious rituals that the sick that the desperate really need mercy with Christ it takes precedence for him mercy and, and acceptance of sinners it comes first with Jesus, for, for sinners and, and tax collectors, for, for, for people who would never ever think for a second that they could be included and welcomed in God's love. It's mercy that the sick needs. And so it's mercy that Jesus brings. I've heard it said that Jesus is the physician of the soul. And there are many souls who need a physician. There was a mother who was raising her two sons alone, and, and in their teen years, both were, were challenging and um, challenged her to her, her limits with bad choices and, and wrong friends and, and dangerous, risky behaviors. 
And it seemed that they, they took turns getting into trouble, and, and she was never free from, from worry about, about them. And then one night, one of her sons came to her with a question, and, and he said, uh, Mom, which, which one of us do you love the most? It's an impossible question to answer, but, but she answered it. Immediately she said, uh, she answered, she said, the one who needs me the most. She said, Jesus comes to those most in need. Christ holds close those who are most in need of God's mercy, who recognize their need. The good news is that Christ comes for us too, for, for, for us, not as we feel like we should be, but who we really are. The mixed bag of good and bad, of saint and sinner all at once. All those who are, who are feeling as though they are little of little worth, broken, desperately in need. We can be reassured by, the, by this, this invitation that Jesus gives us. That Jesus welcomes sinners. There's a place for everyone. He came to love sinners unconditionally. And really it is, it is only ever this kind of unconditional love that truly changes us, makes us different. One of my favorite stories is in the, the novel by Victor Hugo, um, Les, Les Miserables. You may know the story, but the main character in the story is Jean Valjean, who was released after 19 years in, in prison and, and is a bitter, bitter man. And though he's freed, finally, he, he is denied food and, and lodging and hospitality, even though he has some money because no one wants an, an ex-convict anywhere near them. And finally, a, a kind bishop invites him into his his home, offering him a meal and, and a bed to sleep in. And the bishop insists then on, on setting the table with his finest silver plates, only, for, only used for, for the special guests. And during the night, he, he wakes up, steals the bishop's silver plates, and leaves. And then when he's caught by the police, he, he tells the police that the bishop gave them to him as a gift. And so the Please bring him back to the bishop's house with the stolen goods. And when he's returned in the police custody, the bishop greets him gladly with hospitality again, affirms his story to the police, and he adds to it. He, he says simply, but he says, you, you forgot the silver candlesticks. You forgot the silver candlesticks. And it was this act of mercy an overwhelming hospitality that made, made such a deep impression on him that he has changed. He spends his whole, the whole rest of his life um, serving, now showing mercy all around him himself. We know that Jesus reaches out with his mercy and hospitality to us, to sinners, outcasts. But in the gospel here, this story is, is trying to tell us something more also about us as the church and our call to continue to offer acceptance like he did to sinners, to welcome them as we have been welcomed, to reach out, offer mercy and hospitality ourselves to those who so desperately need it. In our Sunday school class this week, we, we read an article that it stated that more Americans um, are lonely than ever before. Is what the article was titled. 
And it cited that since 2018, there's been um, this 13% increase in the number of American adults who report that they are lonely. About three out of five adults um, in, in the country. The article said that loneliness, over time, it actually contributes, sadly, to poor health. It can be deadly. A, a lack of meaningful social relationships, the, the study said, it, it can be dangerous. It can be as, as dangerous as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, it said. More detrimental to health than obesity and excessive drinking and, and physical inactivity, it said. And sadly, people in no time at all can begin to think that they are lonely for a good reason. People can start to think they are unlovable, broken, beyond repair. We are wired to be in community. We, we need each other. We know Jesus eats with sinners and outcasts, but do we? Jesus loves sinners, but how well am I doing with, with that? With loving real sinners, with reaching out to the broken and the hurting and the, and the lonely? It is, a, it is a holy habit worth forming. In this challenging time that we are living in right now, um, with worry over the spread of, of viruses, it is perhaps important for us to consider for a moment what this kind of love of Jesus really might look like for us now. The medical community uh, has said that some social distancing, um, as they say, is likely the right thing to do um, in, in upcoming weeks. We may be facing that. But I think that it might still be possible for us to offer some mercy in the midst of this. We can do some things. We can, as Christians, be gracious. As we, as we wait in line at the store, we can be gracious. We can be kind and generous with those who are stressed and worried all around us. It may still be possible for us as people to practice this, this social distancing while, while still caring for one another and offering mercy. Call and, and check in on people. Send a message. See what your neighbors need. Stay in touch with people that you suspect may need a little bit of love or just because. Because we need each other. Amen.